Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Home of TV news, interviews, and reviews. This is the Custard TV Live. It's the Custard TV uh, team, joined today by uh, Northern Quota Matt Donnelly. Hey, up. And editor and runner of the site, it's uh, Luke here from the CustardTV.com. Um, we are not, I repeat, not during the podcast going to be doing the Ice Bucket Challenge. No. Although I did have uh, my face in the sprite not that long ago, <laughs> so I think it counts. Um, I don't. I, I understand it's for a good cause. I just. I don't get it. Apparently, um, if you leave it more than two days, you can just make a donation to the charity, which seems. Oh. <laughs> yeah, seems seems less icy. Yeah, it does, doesn't anyway. it? Uh, last week, uh, Matt and I were invited to Edinburgh. For the now, this has got several names. I'm probably going to mess it up, but it's the Guardian Edinburgh International, International Television Festival. I think that's about right. We'll go with that. Try saying that three times fast. We were there. We enjoyed it. We were done in, but we we gathered information like the meerkats we, of TV. We did. That we, are. we did Where in did that. Do meerkats gather? I'm just assuming they gather. I don't know. What gathers? You... Um, dust. <laughs> <laughs> right, the, we're like the. The dust particles of TV. <laughs> we gathered information for you uh, at the, uh, the, the uh, Guardian TV. Edinburgh International. Yeah, the Dusted TV. And uh, you get to hear from uh, program makers, commissioners, and in some cases, if the bookings are good, real stars as well. It uh, all happens in Edinburgh in August. It's already happening next year as well in August in Edinburgh. Uh, but what we thought we'd do this podcast for is to let you in sort of not behind the scenes, because we did that, and, you know, those sort doors should be closed. In the middle of the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Not where, not where you're going to be in the way, but somewhat in the way. Think of yourselves um, as extras. <laughs> yes. Uh, and think of us as dust particles. It's all getting very confusing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's start with the first thing on the first day, mm. which was a meet the commissioner, Danny Cohen. Now, he was sitting in for the new BBC Two commissioner who booked a holiday in August before she received the job offer of commissioner of BBC Two. I, I've always liked Danny Cowan, mm. actually. I think he's a really good uh, speaker. public speaker. Yeah. He's basically um, the boss of all the controllers, isn't he? He's sort of the middleman between the DG and the individual controllers. He's director of television. He spoke with great affection about BBC Two, and I think it has changed 
even since we've been doing this podcast, not today, mm. but over the years, I think BBC Two has changed a lot for the better, I think. I mean, and he seemed to think there was a lot on the horizon. Basically, at every commissioner's uh, meeting that we went to, they uh, asked them to pick four clips, didn't they? Um, one was sort of def- to define the channel. One was uh, the biggest risk they've taken. One was called... Uh, what was I thinking? And one was, uh, you know, upcoming programming. Do, do you feel like BBC Two now we're both getting older? Do you feel like you're watching more of it? And do you think not that's really? I mean, I'll, I'll I'll watch like the comedies. I think I think of the four channels, the sort of strongest for comedy. I reckon, you know, um, with Rev and uh, W1A Inside Number Nine and. Um, the trip recently uh, also announced during this was a uh, a series on the the sort of the history of Black Britain, mm. which is coming up uh, later on in the year or in the new year. Also mentioning that a lot of BBC Three's most popular programming could get a prime time slot yeah. on BBC Two, and Jack Whitehall and his dad will be moving over there permanently with their half-assed chat show. Chat. It was very vague, I thought. You get the impression people were pressing him about are they going to be prime time or are they going to be post news night? And he was like, well, most of BBC Three audience is sort of 10 till 12, but I think it's mainly in that 10 o'clock slot. And also, you get the EastEnders repeat, don't you? So that's probably what a lot of people are watching yeah. between 10 and 12. Uh, there was a lot mm-hmm. of mention of BBC Three uh, over the course of the three days with emphasis on the fact that it wasn't going. But it was moving online. Yeah. And still, still now that means to me that it's going. As as we said just before we started the podcast, they're doing a disability season, aren't they? Seeing BBC Three, mm. and I couldn't see a lot of programs that they've previewed for that airing on the two main channels. They did mention Our War, which I could possibly see BBC oh, Two that, airing. That, what I would like to hear is a BBC Two uh, continuity announcer saying, uh, and that was a new QI. On the way next, an episode of Snog Murray Avoid <laughs> on BBC Two. Or uh, Transsexual Teen Beauty Queen. You've been waiting to say that all podcast. <laughs> Where did we go next, Matthew Donnelly? Oh, uh, we went uh, downstairs. If you're going to be that specific, we should say we went in the lift. But you don't need to be that specific. Um, to a, a, it was an hour chat about uh, quiz shows, which I personally found really interesting, which probably tells you most of what you need to know about me. Uh, this was hosted by uh, Paul the Cinnaman Sinner from uh, The Chase. Uh, channel control, not controllers, but people, commissioners, I suppose, weren't they? Like daytime commissioners and people who sort of conceived like the million pound drop and tipping point and things like that. And it, I just thought it was very interesting. Uh, one of the best things, I think the best quotes was about the hosting and how a perfect quiz show host can uh, make any demographic who appears on the show feel at ease. And I thought that was a really good way of putting it because, you you know, you see Alexander Armstrong on Pointless, for example, and how he sort of is able to communicate with, you know, different p- people of different ages. Mm. Same with uh, Bradley Walsh on The Chase. And they did mention, didn't they, about how neither of those shows would possibly go on without uh, Armstrong and Richard Osman or with Bradley Walsh. Uh, I was just going to say there was a couple of things announced, wasn't there, there? Um, 
there was uh, a new bowling-based game show for oh, BT2. Uh, all these years of waiting. Uh, hosted by uh, a formerly proper actor, Mark Benton. Uh, yeah. and Basically, it's just celebrities on the wing. Yeah, and it's called uh, The Wedge. And there's a, sh- yeah. a new Shane Ritchie one as well, which um, yeah. I can't remember the name of. After, after Reflex did so well, of course there's going to be another Shane Ritchie oh. game show. Well, we had some very exciting moment. I don't know whether it was during the it was, or after the game show. It was thing, after the game show thing. Uh, I was I was pleased as a proverbial punch when I uh, was virtually chased out of the room by Paul the Cinemantina, uh, in which I kept my cool and quipped, "I'm being chased by a chaser." No, you, you said have to be there no, to appreciate you said, it. Stop chasing me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was hilarious. Fun was had by all. Yeah. Uh, but but then soon after that, you gazumped me by urinating near to Richard Osman. <laughs> well, no, it so, wasn't quite like that. I I oh. he was sort of um, washing his hands. I w- I was trying to catch his eye line, but he didn't ever sort of see me. Mainly because I sort of reached his torso. <laughs> I like the I like the idea that if you hadn't clarified that Richard was washing his hands, ah. I just said that you'd urinated near him, but you you may not have even been in the toilet. <laughs> but you, I, you I was I, I I was thinking afterwards I should have at least got him to say hi to me. You know his his yeah. famous catchphrase off point. Um, Jay Hunt is an interesting character because last year I have it on good authority that it was standing room only at her commissioner's speech. She hadn't been in the job very long. And she'd already sort of turned Channel 4 into a bit of a channel full of car crash documentaries. Mm. Uh, a lot of people have very strong opinions on her, more I mean, so than... But I, I just... I, I mean, you can only take these people as you find mm. them. We have to be very specific when, when when we say that we weren't sort of interacting with them ourselves. We, it, as Matt says, it was like a, a conference and we were listening to the talks and taking notes and tweeting as much as we could. So... We didn't have any time for one-on-one conversations, but as a controller and as a pu- again as a public speaker, I thought she held her own during. Mm. Um, I I mean I think she came across as as very witty. She was defensive of what she believed in, but she was also sort of able to own up to her own mistakes. Uh, and uh, she was said, you know, not all the risks that I've taken have paid off, but. We've had quite a few successes. I mean, the channel-defining one she showed was um, Educating Yorkshire. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of the um, bashing uh, that surrounds Jay Hunt, and we're, again, we're only going on Humbashing. bits and bobs that we've heard, is, let's not say that any quicker. <laughs> is, is the let's not say that, that as um, quickly as Jay Hunt speaks. Uh, no, <laughs> she's a very quick speaker. Is the fact that maybe to the indies that she works with or to the, the commissioners that she works with she's not so much of a TV fan mm. as, as a businesswoman and she did come across as a very unflappable businesswoman I yeah. mean she just there she, wasn't anything she didn't get tongue tied once no. she didn't stop for a breath once it was <laughs> incredible to watch one, one of the quotes that stuck with me was that she said if it was her choice you know if she was the only sort of commissioner for the channel then it wouldn't look the same as how it looked now. Mm. We also got a couple of sort of previews and stuff, didn't we? She previewed Cucumber, the uh, Rusty Davis drama, and we learnt about the uh, Fixed Rig uh, documentary. 
in an Ethiopian it, tribe. So that's that's it. That sounds fascinating. Mm. If it's done well, uh, and she also voiced her, her um, pride of the island, mm. which did very well, both ratings-wise and critically. And the last leg. And announced the fact that Channel 4 Drama has commissioned a drama on the Coalition, which could be quite interesting. And also one about North Korea. It was only a matter of time. Uh, I I think uh, Kim Jong-il is going to be played by Will Miller, so that should be... (laughs) I'll be fascinated to see K-K-K-Mellers' K-Mellers' North Korea. (laughs) K-Mellers' Korea! Oh, classic comedy. Uh, but after that, I believe we spent some time in the company of one of my favourite actresses, Sheridan Smith and writer Jeff Pope, responsible for Appropriate Adult, Mrs Biggs, and the upcoming three-part biopic Scylla, which stars Sheridan both uh, singing and uh, acting in the lead role as Scylla Black. One of the things that he mentioned that I still, I'm still a bit confused by, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm quite a simple person, yeah. Is it a lot of a lot, he got a little bit tongue-tied, and a lot of people ask this in the Q and A. Is when he's doing, say, a Scylla biopic or a um, appropriate adult. Uh, well, actually, appropriate adults a bad example. The Scylla biopic. Um, a lot of it, of course, is sort of what he we described as made-up dialogue mm. based on real events. Yeah. Did that confuse you? Sort of what he said about where the line was between. What is reality? Uh, I think what he was talking about was that you can never be sure exactly what was said. I mean, based on, uh, or obviously, if we're talking directly about Scylla, it would be Scylla's autobiography and other, obviously other things he's picked up from talking to people who were there at the time and looking at interviews. You know, he, he gets the scenes, he knows what he wants, he knows, you know, about Scylla's life, where she was and all that, but she doesn't know every exact line of dialogue, which is fair enough, really. I mean, I've seen the entire series of Scylla. I mean, there are quite a few scenes with Bobby and his family as well, and I think those are, those are the ones that are sort of constructed, whereas, you know, where you have Scylla uh, recording in the studio or performing at the Cavern Club and stuff like that, I think, you know, you've got more of an idea of what those scenes were like. Therefore, he doesn't have to make up as much. It was important. Shall I, shall I say one of the things that I remember is that when they, when he was asked about um, anyone else he'd like to uh, do a biopic of, and he did mention uh, Jimmy Savile, didn't he? And I think yes, and he did an impression more than once. I think the thing um, he said was though it was what what angle to go in at, and I think that was a big point he made throughout, wasn't it? About you know you have to have. Uh, you know, someone the audience can identify with, and you've got to have an angle to sort of have the narrative in a certain way. And I think um, he doesn't want to just sort of do anything about Jimmy Savile. He wants to find the sort of the way in. So from there, uh, we did uh, another meet the controllers. This was with uh, the aforementioned Peter Fincham, and also uh, Paul Mortimer, I believe is the man's name, who uh, is the head of the ITV Digital Channels. Um, now, this was the part of the day. It was about four o'clock on. Thursday. Oh, it was later than that. But it was, was, it was it, about five. It I was think. about ten, ten past four on a Thursday. This is the part of the afternoon where we really started to lose the way. Mm. Hearing about ITV's two schedule, if you think flicking onto it is, is my <laughs> Imagine him being in a room 
listening to people praise it for release the hounds and, and praising release the hounds and, and I want to marry and, uh, Harry. Uh, what they did say, which is perhaps of interest to to people, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Is that the ITVB channel, which is still one of the worst channel names I can uh, think of outside of really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, they're going to be home to Towie and to the Real Housewives of ITV and, and Dinner Date. Oh God. yeah, all the classics are going to <laughs> ITVB. They're, um, they're basically they're trying to make um, ITV Two appeal more to men, aren't they? That's what, that was the big thing. The thing is, though, and I, I think when I was listening, trying to listen without you know falling into a coma about the um, the the good and bad of ITV2. I think it's the most irrelevant channel. Mm-hmm. If you compare it to E4, I think E4 could sort of stand on its own as a sort of a, a younger channel. I think ITV2 is a bit of a, a lost soul at the minute, okay. and if it loses Tower, mm-hmm. which, which is still one of its biggest shows... It's basically going to be... I mean, Celebrity Juice they were sort of promoting, weren't they? And the, the uh, new series of Plebs and also... Um, the job lot. There was a lot of talk about commissioning a drama, was there, for, for ITV2. A lot of what we heard about ITV was that they want to reach a ma- more of a male demographic, especially now that they've lost a lot of the live football. The other thing as well uh, they mentioned at the digital channels thing was the fact that they are going to start commissioning brand new drama for ITV Encore, which seems a bit bizarre. See, I can't actually see this happening. Do you yeah, not I think? I they've said it's going to happen, but I, I think it'll take a back seat with everything else. Broadchurch series, <laughs> Broad <Church> series three. <laughs> oh God, help us all! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that sort of brought the day to a close, mm-hmm. didn't it? Yeah, and then we went for TJ Fridays and got caught in the rain. One of us got caught in the rain. Uh, one of us is from the north and doesn't matter. No, one of us the walked rain. home in the rain, walked back to yeah, the hotel the, in the rain. The, the rain just bounces One of us had to go and get a taxi and went, Oh, it's raining, I'm yeah, getting yeah, wet. Yeah. One, one, of, one of us had see-through trousers by the time we got to the hotel. I'm not saying any more than that. So, Friday began a little later in the day than, than Thursday did. We decided that we preferred our beds to listening to uh, the head of Sky One give his talk. And I don't think that we missed... A great deal of announcements from Adam McDonald, commissioner of, or controller, I should say, of Sky One. But what what I was most interested in on that day, and if I'm honest, the whole Edinburgh experience was listening to uh, younger controller Charlotte Moore mm. from BBC One talk. But before we went to that, we were in the company of one of the best British writers of um, my time in front of the telly box, well, boys uh, Mr. Jed. <laughs> The second best <laughs> TV Boyd was uh, there, though. He was there, yes. Uh, um, Jed Mercurio is who I'm referring yeah. to. The uh, the Brummie writer behind such hits as Line of Duty for BBC Two, uh, um, Bodies for BBC Three and subsequently BBC Two, and uh, earlier on in his career, Cardiac Arrest, which uh, was a bit before my telly time. This and something I'll come on to later were possibly the highlights to me of the uh, Edinburgh experience. I just think Jed, again, mm. he's, got, he's got such a way with words, not only on the page, but the way he talks as well. He's so passionate about what he's doing. Well, he's a new writer in as much as he doesn't have it in his background. He was a doctor and he moved into TV writing and he spoke very passionately about his vision and the importance that 
what he writes makes it onto the screen as he's written it and how he's had to ditch projects where they the, the two just wouldn't yeah, I mean, he works a lot as a showrunner, doesn't he, as well as mm. as the writing. Which we 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 only have springing to mind. We only have a few showrunners mm. in this country. It's a much more American phraseology showrunner, but uh, he is very much on top of everything that he's written. You get very much his vision. Uh, the other pluses for this. Uh, there was a particular question about whether Keely Hawes would be returning for the third series of Line of Duty, to which he quickly replied, there are no plans to answer that question. Mm. Um, but I would love to see her back. Via video, we also heard from BBC Drama Commissioner Ben Stevenson, or as I refer to him, my stalker across the weekend, wherever I was, he was. He said that he had read the first couple of pages, or the first episode, I should say, script of Line of Duty 3, and said, wow, I can't believe it's happening. Mm-hmm. Jed has surpassed It was the first like, episode, wasn't it? I can't wait to see it. Mm. Uh, then we moved on, um, and uh, Jed told us, and the rest of the room, we, it wasn't just Matt and I, uh, about his upcoming Sky One show, Critical, which to me just looks completely immersive and, and fantastic. Mm. Um, we saw a preview of it. It looks very, very not for the faint-hearted and not for the screaming. It looks, as I said to you at the time, like a dramatic version of, of 24 hours in A&E mm. doesn't it because it's all set within a certain time period now any, anyone else who'd done this sort of thing I might think could be style over substance and he does say that uh, a lot of work in the writing is put into the ops and the working in the hospital and you don't get that same perhaps character backstory but it just looks it looks like something different for TV for us. Yeah, it's very futuristic, isn't it? The set almost. It looked. It looked and very and very filmic. Yeah, it looked very interesting, and and I'm going to try and get out of my way to see that one. Uh, uh, and also, nice um, he's doing the adaptation of uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover. I'm quite interested to see what he does with the costume drama. Should be good. So that was Jed Mercurio. Uh, then we moved on, and we had uh, three sandwiches. Three sandwiches. Hey. Don't fall us twice. Uh, and, then <laughs> and then we uh, sat down in the company of uh, Christian Guru Murphy. Uh, I believe Krishnan. that's Krishnan. Krishnan. And Charlotte Moore, the youngest controller of the four uh, that we saw over the, we- over the course of the c- uh, conference. Um, she's not been in the job overly long. It's the first time that I've ever been mm. in her presence. Is it, about a, year, is it a year now, they said, or just over yeah, a year? Yeah, probably won't. Just over a year. First time that I've ever been in her presence. Not sure how aware of that she was. Hopefully it didn't put her off too much. Um, this didn't quite go the way I was expecting. Charlotte Moore is, again, very softly spoken. Uh, I don't want to say young too many times, but young. Of the four that we saw, the main four that we saw, I would say the most sort of um, down-to-earth almost. Not mm. Maybe because she's been in the job less than than the uh, the others, but um, I don't think she spoke like a business person, whereas certainly Peter Fincham and Jay Hunt, I would say, were more sort of business orientated. You could see that she sort of cared about the individual programmes. The reason I say it didn't go as I planned was Krishna and Guru Murphy sort of, sab- um, sort of sabotaged the chat with a lot of sort of scathing questions on there's a lot of stuff decisions. here especially about how what how many risks are you taking why why are you not getting in the younger viewers and things like that and obviously an over reliance on 
old programs such as like I suppose New Tricks is a, is an example that's on at the moment. Uh, if she was to praise anything thoroughly though, that went to Sally uh, Wainwright's Happy Valley, mm. which got several mentions over the course of the hour. It did. Let's talk about some things we learnt at that. One of the biggest surprises I learnt was that the average age of a BBC One viewer is 59. Which basically means you and I have got, well, nearly nearly 30 years before we should be watching BBC One, which... Well, not I, we, I we should be watching, but we'd be average age. Actually, we're targeted. I, I, came, I came back and told my mum that, because she is 59, so she is actually the average <laughs> age of... of uh, um, and she doesn't watch a lot of Warner outside of Holby. Uh, she watches. I mean, she does. It's what, as I've said before on the podcast, she is someone who will just sort of have it on in the background. So she, I mean, she watched Happy Valley, and mm. she's watching in the club at the moment, despite me telling her it was rubbish. Oh, bless. Um, and she, you know, she watches Extenders. She'll sort of the if the one shows on, she'll have that on in the background. So she watches. Oh my God. She watches quite a lot of it. Um, sort of. While she's doing other things, as background noise, yeah. really. And I'll tell, and I'll tell you what she loves as well is the um, the sheriffs are coming. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Oh my god, we need to sit this woman down. <laughs> and, uh, well, let's talk about what she announced because she did actually announce an awful lot of programs, mm. uh, specifically drama, uh, a sort of a supernatural period drama from the makers of Ashes to Ashes and Life on Mars, called the and the Eternal Law. I was kind of glossing <laughs> over that one. Um, also, a fact-based drama uh, called A Song for Jenny, starring appropriate adults Emily Watson mm. as uh, Julie Nicholson, whose daughter was killed in the Seven Simmons bombings back in 2005. Which I'm assuming uh, will be on around the time of the anniversary, the 10th anniversary. Mm, mm. Uh, she promoted some new factual programmes, including uh, 24 Hours in the Past, which sounds... Like a bizarre episode of 24 Hours in A&E, um, which follows celebrities going back to the Victorian era. Uh, also announced uh, they're doing a very in-depth, behind-the-scenes behind look of the Metropolitan, Metropolitan That's Police. That's it. It's a few to say. Apparently uh, no, not. And she previewed uh, David Attenborough's new series, Life Stories, which sees the uh, naturalist take over from Piers Morgan, uh, I would assume. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. Um, also, an important factual commission about um, people living with cancer, yep. and she confirmed that Miller's Mountain yeah. will be renamed Mountain Goats oh. and will be on uh, next year. Very, very cagey about whether Miranda Hart was... Yeah, what I got from that was that they're going to do some sort of... Saturday night game show, so you know, slash you know, entertainment show with Miranda, but it, it's not necessarily going to be a remake of the Generation game. Again, very likable person. Mm. It seemed very uh... per- perhaps, perhaps not liked by some because she came across she could be a bit of a soft touch. Mm. Mm. To, I think to a point, he, uh, Christian had a point. I think it was executed poorly. I mm. think there aren't that many risks being taken on BBC One. Certainly not as we sit here now. There aren't. No, I mean uh, they did. Someone as well in the audience uh, praised her for Common, didn't they? Someone who. Uh, mm. But there, I mean, there were a couple of of sort of high octane dramas coming to BBC One, but for the most part, it's stuff like Arzu and um, other other things. I suppose in the club at the moment, and at some point, our girl and Arzu are going to be on in the same week. And our wall. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's all going to be happening. Um, okay, so from from Charlotte Moore, who was the last commissioner uh, that I was really looking forward to seeing, we headed over to uh, a masterclass we'd done one the previous day with Sheridan Smith and Jeff Pope. Seemed only right that we do one the following day, this time with Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton uh, to talk about Inside Number 9, Psychoville, um, and all their work, legal gentlemen, everything. They are fascinating mm. to listen to because they are very, again, very passionate and very strong speakers about what they've done and how they've achieved How they've it. created, very... how they've taken different elements from different people they know to create these sort of really memorable characters. I mean, what I loved was the talking about Papa Lazarou from the League of Gentlemen. I had had no idea that they based a lot of it on their old landlord as well, and and then bits of it were from you know we were travellers visiting Reese's home, and then like a family of children who ran very funnily that he knew from school. I mean, they're just very good storytellers, and even hearing them, you know, just t- talk about their work was just really enjoyable. I think, and and they were uh, being interviewed, if you can call it that, by. Uh, Jeremy Dyson, who uh, worked was the sort of unofficial fourth member of the League of Gentlemen when they were doing that program. I, I think why it worked is because it was like being able to sit. In yeah, three friends chatting. Chat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they're working on the second Inside Number Nine at the moment, which which I think we're all looking forward to. I think they showed a clip of a quiet night in, which I still think is one of my TV it's highlights of the year. League of Gentlemen, I sort of grew up with. Um, and and it's sort of been sort of part of my life. All their comedy sort of it explains a lot. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. I really enjoyed that one, um, and a lot more so than and than what we have next. Peter Fincham. Ah, Peter Fincham. The third the, the third control. time we'd seen him that weekend. The third time we've seen him, and the the least um, exciting of all the oh. controllers, in as much oh yeah as much as what he told us. He told us very little about what was coming and what. Uh, to say about ITV, uh, all we can tell you is that uh, the thing he was most excited about from their drama season upcoming is uh, the six-part drama starring James Norton of Happy Valley. Should have been a drinking game, that, drinking every time somebody said Happy Valley at the conference. Um, but yeah, James Norton from that show joining Robson Green in a period piece called Grandchester. Where he plays a uh, mystery-solving priest. It's about time. Um, <laughs> what about Father Dowling? Have we forgotten that already? Yeah. Uh, or Father Brown, actually. Is oh, yeah. One. I, I just don't know. I, I think by then he'd had fatigue of, of being involved in so much uh, chatter. And I wanted more from him. Uh, I wanted him to tell us more about what we could expect. Uh, from that, we watched a room revolve as we waited uh, for the... The highlight of the of the conference or the event, which was the Edinburgh Television Awards, hosted by <laughs> the always good fan John Bishop. Who oh. uh, highlights for me include um, educating Yorkshire, winning sh- I think it was show of the year. Um, was it show of the year? Oh, yeah, show of the year, wasn't it? I think I don't no, know. No, uh, uh, hi- highlight show of the year was yeah. um, Game of Thrones. Oh God. Uh, yeah, so Educating Yorks are winning, Channel 4 winning Channel of the Year, which again I think is deserved, and uh, Kenton Allen and Big Talk. 
picking up production company of the year after things like him and her and the job lot and dramas like and dramas like Arzu, which Matt mentioned, are going to be on uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So we hope this has provided you with a sort of a behind-the-scenes look at uh, what we were up to in Edinburgh. Sorry you couldn't join us, but we were too busy to stop and chat with you. Uh, we will be back with the usual podcast with Gary very, very soon. I'm sure he's desperate to talk to yeah, us. Yeah, where is Gary? Uh, I think he's auditioning for the new series of The Island. I, I, I would love to see that. <laughs> 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 you know what? When you, when you say something and you wish it was true. <laughs> I've never wanted anything more to be true in my life. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking to him. <laughs> we're going to be talking to him about the new series of Doctor Who, uh, Bake Off controversies, and all the rest of it. So join us soon, and make sure you like us on Facebook mm. if you haven't already. That's thecustardtv.com. Oh no, it's not. It's facebook.com slash thecustardtv. And follow us on Twitter at lucustardtv. At TV Bites. With a crazy amount of teeth. Crazy. Um, we'll be we'll be back soon with a proper. Gary Field Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.